0: Are you looking for a vehicle to help you move home? Don't delay! Call the Seahawks Bandwagon Company today! But don't take our word for it. Here's Pete, the CEO of the Seahawks Bandwagon Company. Well, how are you doing boys? My name's Pete and I'm the CEO of the Seahawks bandwagon company and we've been in business now for quite some time but back in the 80's we was called a Chicago Bears company and in the 90's we was called a Cowboys company and in the 2000's we was called a Patriots company and we were called a Niners company for a little while but now we're called a Seahawks bandwagon company for all your moving needs you know we got you covered so if you're moving house we can go and get your stuff We used to have a lot less space in the bandwagon, but as of late in the season, for some reason, there's more space in the bandwagon. So if you want to bring your bed, or your wife, or your dog, or your mistress in the bandwagon with you, we can do that. We were gonna call it the Vikings Bandwagon Company, but every time we went to paint that on the side of the bandwagon, the wheels fell off. So come on, join the Seahawks Bandwagon Company today for all your moving needs. Thank you what the hell's going on out here i watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching the game, game.
1: game. hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and as usual i'm just no look this is the second week in a row Rhino's still over eating steaks having a good time in spain so it's just me so what i was going to do was i was going to run through the news and talk about greg jennings comments and Aaron Rodgers winning nfl player of the year at the sbs but what i'm going to do instead is is i'm going to give you a quick rundown of some history a bit of a history lesson why not screw it and wait for ryan to come back so usually what we do of a thursday into the friday is we have that all-time team me and ryan are going back and forward while these tanninis arse over there uh we're sort of nattering about who would make the running back all-time team but it'd only be right to do it when he's back so what i decided to do was is we've done our history podcasts i'm a bit of a history nut uh in college they let us do this thing where it's called a eureka program uh or horizons one or the other who cares and what you could do was, is you could pick a module from anywhere in the college. You could have picked veterinary, you know, uh, medicine or whatever. Any of that kind of, kind of lark, right? No, I did business. um, And everyone picked kind of, you know, an ec- extra economics one and all this type of shit, right? But what I picked was, was history. Roman history and archaeology. So, it was the only sort of business nerd sitting there uh, finding out all about Julius Caesar and all the boys. But anyway, so, a bit of a history note. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying so I'm gonna try tackle this I'm gonna try do it in one take it's late it's not gonna to go too well I'm gonna try it anyway so what I'm gonna do is run down a quick history of Lambeau field hopefully give you some info that you don't know uh, some stuff that will surprise you some of the stuff when I was looking into it was kind of very mechanical you know kind of boring and um, so I'm gonna try not get bogged down with that so on top of that, uh, what I did was, so I was looking into it, looking at different sources and it all seemed to come back and have the same kind of phraseology. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to get into the whole Wikipedia side of things. But anywhere that I looked up history of Lambeau Field, uh, ultimately it all comes back to who has the best information at Packers.com does. So what I did was, is I looked around different sources, got some interesting stuff about, you know, the sponsorship at the Gates and the mortgages and all of this type of stuff. But the best way for me to do it is just base this whole podcast on the article from Packers.com about the history of Lambeau field. So, at this point, you have two options. You can turn this podcast off and say, Steve, I'm going to go on to Packers.com, I'm going to type in history of Lambeau, and I'm going to read all about it there. Good luck to you. Um, That's what I've been sifting through, that and some other sources, and it took forever. Uh, I put it all in chronological order, picked out some of the juiciest, sexiest bits that I could roll with that and they give you a sort of a general overview in just around 30 to 40 minutes so now i don't know how long it's gonna take you to read the article so that's option one turn it off piss off read the article, be happy with yourself number two stay with me let me walk you through it and then maybe for supplemental reading go back and type into google or go into packers.com and read it yourself so there are the options if you're gonna stick with me know that this is based largely on that article Um so when it comes to you know, going oh, he's after using the article. Yeah, I did. That's because that's the definitive source. That's where I got it from. Everyone else just kind of copied off it. And as well as that, I wasn't going to make up facts just for my own sake because history is history, right? So it's not going to be any different. So what I could have pretended was that Lambo Field is actually an alien culture in the future on the moon, and what they actually didn't like. It all's going to come back to the same facts. So I'm going to base this podcast on the article on Packers.com add in my own flavour my own stuff some extra stuff that I got off other articles and hopefully give you a sort of rounded view of the history of Lambeau so to understand Lambeau Field you kind of have to understand the Packers history and what went before you kind of have to get that uh, Green Bay from the very start is kind of an uphill struggle if you look at when the Packers came into the NFL in 1921 founded 1919 all the people that were around were these no-name small teams kind of they're the only real team you know that are really still going in the same sense as what they started off in uh, there's some weird names of people that they were playing back in the day Um, and then as they progressed and as the nfl focused more on earning money and having sustainability um, green the green bay packers came under fire almost they have to you know there was all the stuff that they were going to move to a different city and all the rest Whereas other teams, and we've seen it more prevalent now, right, where teams just piss off to somewhere else. The Packers were in danger of that a lot of the time. So as I run through kind of the history of Lambeau Field and why it came about, that's a really important element to, to sort of bear in the back of your mind is that all of this stuff was done to try generate some revenue to try to keep the team where they were. And you can kind of see the people in Green Bay, and this is why we love them so much, is that it's just all day Green Bay. You know, like they love the Packers. They love anybody who loves the Packers. And it's it's a, just a way of life. It's a culture over there. It's, it's a lifestyle to be a Packer fan. Now, I know there's, you know, English soccer fans out there. You love Man United. I play five-a-side soccer with a guy who has the Man United red devil tattooed on his calf. Yeah, you know, people live the type of soccer stuff over here. You know, and there's all that sort of transfer speculation in the summer. But it generally dies down it's kind of they live and breathe it over there but anyway the Packers didn't start off in Lambeau Field the Lambeau Field was only built in the 50s right so they started off at a place called Hagemmeister Park this place no seats the lads used to sort of walk up and down the sidelines it was crazy right and it all started back in 1919 so before this it was a baseball park but uh, they they tore that down in 1918 and then the Green Bay Packers kind of moved on in 1919 um, because the people were kind of worried that, you know, sport was kind of leaving Green Bay and they were happy enough for the Packers to kind of move up in this. So one of the co-founders, George Whitney Calhoun, along with Curly Lambeau, set up the Packers, the Acme Packers. If you want more background on that, do listen to our history podcast. Like Imagine that, no bleachers, everyone used to just stand around the, the field and as the play was going on, sometimes they'd even encroach onto the field. Which was a bit mental. And lads used to pull up their um their Ford model T's and they'd sit there watching it from their cars. And so what they decided to do was is they wanted to build a fence around it then. So uh this was the in the second year, there was a guy, a typewriter salesman, called CM Murphy, which Irish, let's face it. He took over the business side of it. But in in the first year, George Whitney Calhoun used to pass around his hat. And people used to put money into to try fund the team. It was crazy. So second year, CM Murphy took it over. And he decided to build a fence around the field. So what they did was is they asked everybody to show up on a Saturday morning, come on down, bring their hammers, the nails, all the gear. And they put up this fence around, this temporary fence. But the condition was that they had to rip it down at the end of the season. And that's exactly what they did. Um, so, you know, this this it's crazy. The beginning of this was just pure mad. And then in the spring of 1921, uh, the ballpark was rebuilt in the same spot with the same lumber and the same type of design. Um, And then when the Packers went into the American Professional Football Association, as it was called then, uh, they put in proper seating. So it was three and a half thousand seats. um, And they played there again in 1922. So, Hegemeister was torn down again, 1923. So what they did was, and this is where they stayed, and this is where they built City Stadium in Bellevue. So, it was across the East River. Uh, it was owned by Hagemaster Products Co., the same company with Hagemaster Park. So they built this ballpark, and they kind of rushed it up, put it together. And the Packers then played their first Packers-Bear game there in 1923 in October. And the Packers were pretty good at Bellevue, had a record of 9-2-1. and uh, The capacity was crap, 3,300. So after all that debacle, uh, they went ahead and built East High, and city stadium uh finished the following year after they built these tie and that's where the packers played for 32 seasons and that's where when we went over to green bay we went onto that pitch still there um and you can see some like it's obviously not the old seating but it's still you can get a feel of it you know it's still that same kind of style and the packers would have won 13 nfl championships there um and again it says in the stuff that i was reading the, the first game that they played there was against the Iron Mountain All-Stars in September 13, 1925. Curly Lambeau uh, being the standout guy there. And the first NFL, proper NFL game they actually played was against a crowd called the Hammond Pros. So did, this is got to show you, like, none, none of the teams that they were playing back then, those teams with rockets in their names, listen to our history podcast if you kind of want anything, because we literally go year by year all the way through the history. So the Packers played there uh, all the way up until November 18, 1956. And Bart Starr, in fact, made his first pro start at that stadium um, along with Forrest Gregg and all the boys. So it was called City Stadium. This was the original City Stadium and it could hold 5,700 people. And they increased that then over the years and I, I think it got up to 25,000. So the Packers then left here and then went to Lambeau Field, which wasn't called Lambeau Field at the time. Uh, but just an important mention here is also the sort of influence with Milwaukee. So if anybody knows about the season tickets and I'll try to get into that a little bit as well is that you have your green package and your gold package. So the gold package is for because the Packers the problem with Green Bay is it's small. So when they had tried to generate revenue there it, it could be difficult. So what they do is they play in Milwaukee and those two places used to play in Milwaukee. The State Fair Park they played 18 seasons there and County Stadium which they played in up until 1994 so i'd call that recent but some of you who's listening to the podcast might not have even been born then uh, so they played there for 42 seasons so from 1933 to 1994 so 62 straight years they played so Again, they're not based in Milwaukee. They're based in Green Bay, but they had to go to Milwaukee. And if you listen to the History Podcast, you'll get a real sense of why that was. Is that, you know, there was more seats in the Milwaukee stadiums. It generate It's a bigger city. And there was loads of talk before they built Lambeau Field that they could eventually just move the Packers to Milwaukee and just be done with it. Because, you know, they were kind of sick of the fact that the Packers being the only community-owned team, they didn't feel that it was viable that they were going to earn enough money. And look, that that goes right up to Bob Harlan's time. And that's why when we talk to Mark Murphy on the podcast, uh, that's why it's called Bob Harlan Plaza um, in Lambeau Field, right? It's because, they, you know, an awful lot is indebted to Bob for doing what he did to make Lambeau Field, you know, profitable when games weren't going on. Which, let's face it, is a short time period. And let's face it, the Packers have went through periods of being super crap, right? The 80s, notably. Again, listen to the history podcasts. So it's very hard to generate revenue for a team that aren't doing that. Well. It's just a fact, right? So as you can hear from the little jingle at the start, the whole joke, the skit, the bandwagon of the Seahawks, when you're a losing team, you don't get bandwagoners. And, and that's kind of the main point. So the gold package is for the people who were season ticket holders in Milwaukee. So after the 94 season, when they moved to Lambeau, uh, full-time to, to Lambeau Field, what they did was they offered the same allotment each year um, for two regular season games at Lambeau Field to the people in Milwaukee and they're on the gold package. They get a preseason game and they get two home games and the green package, which is your Lambeau Field season ticket holder, they get the other six regular season games and one preseason, I think. But anyway, I digress. So they decided to move then. And if you look at the, the old photos of what Lambeau Field was built on, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, it was kind of farming land uh, southwest of Green Bay uh, on Ashwobanen, uh really is what it's called so it was bought for only 73 grand back in 1956 because it was built in 57 and 73 grand crazy and designed by Somerville Inc and they liked it because the stadium is actually at a slant and it's the only stadium that's that sort of perfect bowl shape. Now a part of it was open at the time, and I'll sort of try run through really quickly and get past all the boring stuff of all the upgrades that have been made to the stadium since then. But back in the day, uh, bowl shape, and cost uh, seventy three grand for the farmland that was purchased, and it was built for just under a million quid, so nine hundred sixty grand, and that was paid for by the Packers Corporation themselves. And the city of Green Bay so again that's when the they issued bonds and it received a two-for-one voter voter approval um in a referendum in April of 1956 to do this so you know there's not a lot of controversy that it was going to take the um it was you know because you were kind of moving from East Green Bay all all the way over to so West Green Bay and it was a bit of a strange thing to do at the time And a lot of people apparently in the community, you know, are very dodgy about it. Didn't know whether they agreed with it or not. Now, interestingly enough, the stadium is owned by Green Bay. It's sort of a, you know, triple ownership. Green Bay, the Green Bay and Brown County Professional Football Stadium District and the Green Bay Packers. So it's a three-party lease. And it was odd to me when I was looking at it and it says like the Packers have got a lease again for, you know, X amount of time. So the lease that they have at the moment runs up to 2031. So it's very heir- weird hearing that as if anybody else is going to be in Lambeau Field, as if they could jack up the rent on the Packers uh, with the amount of money that they bring in. But it's just odd that it's not just theirs and, it, and it's cut and dry. Another interesting thing is that the naming rights on Lambeau Field, like you'd think that there's no way they're going to name it Miller Light Park or whatever. But in fact, in 2000, there was two referendums. One of them was because they needed to raise money to do improvements, which I'm going to quickly dip into. And one of them was a sales tax. So it was a half cent uh, sales tax. And that passed at a referendum to. So what they wanted to do is raise money to pay for all these improvements. So it passed at a 53 to 47 uh, voter ratio. And that was to put on this sales tax. And people said, yeah, have at it. And then they also put up another vote was was could they sell the rights the naming rights to the stadium and that passed with the same referendum percentage of 53 447 against in percent that they could sell the naming rights at Lambeau field if they got a price of 100 million dollars or more now they say no buyers so being found but i'm pretty sure there's companies out there who say for a hundred million look they're paying a hundred million for god's sake uh for soccer players you know and the biggest revenue generating uh stuff in america is obviously nfl so you think that there would be a farm that'd go screw it you know what i'm gonna put a bid in on it uh so they technically can sell the naming rights but in 2015 mark murphy president of the packers came out and said uh, that they will uh, what his quote was we will not sell the naming rights to the stadium we'll never do that it will always be lambo field and you can just imagine the scenes absolute scenes if they were to go and try sell the naming rights to lambo field but funny it's like those you know when you find out those laws that still exist because no one's ever struck them out like you can't take a dump in your top drawer in greece you know something like that like it's that type of thing that no one's ever gonna do it but it's still there and it's weird that it's still in the you know rulebook book anyway so they can sell it but they're not going to and how they got around it was is they decided instead of selling the naming rights what they do is they just sell the name of the entrance gates so now you have the bell and health gate which is the north gate the miller brewing gate which is the atrian gate american family insurance only tribe um associated bank mills verizon all that kind of stuff right uh, so they sell the names of the gates instead of selling the rights to the stadium anyway i digress let me get on so built 1956 1957 uh the price was 960 grand it's amazing as well so the waiting list so let me just dip into this real quick the tickets and waiting list is insane it's been sold out since 1960 and again you have to bear in mind that 1950s late 1950s early 1960s uh you know a bit of a turbulent time for the packers So they've been sold out since 1960. They've been sold out on a season ticket basis since 1961. That's 318 consecutive regular season games uh, to the start of the 2016 season. Add on the games after that. Which is just pure madness. Um, So as I said, they've the gold ticket holders, which is the old Milwaukee crowd. And then they've the green ticket holders, uh, which is the new crowd. Um, So... Again, it was named originally as City Stadium, so it was the same as the stadium that they came from, but because the old stadium was City Stadium, they kind of referred to this informally as New City Stadium, and it only got named Lambeau Field uh, in 1965, two months after Curly Lambeau died, Uh, which is a bit fresh, right, because, you know, like the whole grieving period and the mourning period and he literally died two months and they're like right that's it we're naming the stadium it fits it works he's a legend of the game uh founder of the packers and i mean if you look at the story and again we cover it in the history podcast i do encourage you to go back if you're enjoying this if you haven't switched off already and get sick of my voice hopefully i'm keeping it entertaining curly lambo a bit of a playboy in his later years uh he was married for donkey's years to his original wife Uh, then he pissed off with uh, Miss California and then he pissed off uh, with another wife I think he was married for like two years and then he ended up hooking up uh, with another woman Uh, who was his girlfriend at the time I think he was I think yeah he died in 1965 he was in his 60s when he died Um, and he was mowing his girlfriend's lawn in Sturgeon Bay is the story and uh, he ended up just dropping dead of a heart attack which is a bit of a mad story Um, yeah he was 67 still mowing her lawn don't know who she was anyway i won't delve into it so they renamed it lambo field after he died so there's been loads of developments to lambo field to try jack up the capacity because more capacity obviously is more you know gate sales more gate sales is more money more revenue and again there was always this niggling thing the whole time that right we're gonna move you to milwaukee because being in green bay doesn't work so in 1961 they moved the capacity from 32 to Jesus I'm so Irish I'm trying to pronounce my trees right right screw it I'm going tree 32,154 to 38,000 in 1961 and then they jacked it up to 42 and 63 to 50,065 to 56,070 they added 72 suites in 1985 and uh, increased that by another 700 and then in 1990 they added 36 boxes and 1,920 theatre style club seats and moved the capacity up to fifty nine thousand in 1995 they put for 4.7 million into it uh 90 more suites opened up the north end zone um and they, that's when it became a, f- a complete bowl then and the capacity moved up to just over sixty thousand. but at that time the stadium even though they were making all these improvements to it I mean all of the brand spanking new city paid for stadiums of the other nfl teams were coming online and they were making lambeau field look pretty outdated so the packers then decided that you know they really needed to do something to try you know put a plan in place to make the stadium better to renovate the place um, and not fall behind so october 1999 they did some feasibility studies and they sort of put it to the people, like, can we renovate the place? And everybody said, hands down, absolutely. So January two thousand they unveiled this plan of what they were gonna do. And this is what they put down to to um Bob Harlan and this is the kind of you know drive that he made to try and make the stadium better. So the redevelopment, they put in eleven and a half thousand additional seats, which is just crazy. So that's the eighth edition. They've done nine and that's the eight. Six thousand six hundred bowl seats. Uh, increased the capacity then to 73,000. Uh, 4,000 seats then became available in 2002 with the construction ongoing. So it was a pretty long project that they were doing, but they were trying to, you know, jack up the seats and then put in all the new atrium facilities and, and all of that kind of stuff. So new concession stands come on, new restrooms, so you could take a nice dump at Lambeau Field. So they made um the centre, so they did up the atrium. So they put in a three three hundred three three hundred 376,000 square foot over five-story structure on the east side. So Miller Corps then uh, sponsored, that atrium entrance uh, and they've got that till 2022. And it's just sensational now. That's what they did. So they renamed, because of all of this, I sound like Donald Trump there. They renamed uh, the atrium, the Robert D Harlan Plaza. So the Bob Harlan Plaza um, in honor of him then because of all the stellar work that he'd done because basically before this what he did was he opened up green bay to be kind of an events stadium so that when the games weren't on they were still going to earn revenue outside of the games to allow Lambeau field to be profitable and that's why you'll find that the packers you know they're they're pretty frugal when it comes to their finances because they're community owned and that they don't have a rich owner that can just keep pumping money into it they need to do stock sales and there's all types of legalities around that, that they can't just go and ask the public for money again and again and again. They have to leave certain distances between it. So another renovation in 2003, a project cost $295 million and a, a good chunk of that money came from the half cent sales tax in Brown County, which I spoke about earlier. And that tax ended actually only in September 30th, 2015. And funnily enough, actually, the original 960 grand that they got the mortgage on it to, to build a stadium. It was only in the 70s, I think it was 1973, that they paid that off. So it had a mortgage burning ceremony um at Lambeau as well. So the Packers' contribution, the team themselves, the amount of money that they put in to this 2003 onwards project was the fifth highest in NFL history at that point. So, you know, the Packers do put up serious coin in order to you know, not like these other stadiums you because know, that's where all of the other stadiums are kind of throwing their toys out of the pram is that they don't get their stadium they want the city to pay for it so they get pissed off and, and threaten to move the Packers have always cared about uh, the community and always wanted to keep Green Bay in Green Bay against all odds so they put up the money to make these renovations so um, under these new swanky you know, renovations that have happened over the years they put in a better, better pro shop it's fantastic you like you spend all your cash there they've got a brand new Packers Hall of Fame in there as well they've got the 1919 kitchen and tap in there another Lambeau Field events now I think the events are sold out Um, in the atrium to 2020 which is crazy so I'm gonna get past all of that because it kind of gets muddled on you know you're kind of trying to sift through all the improvements and big giant who cares so let's get on to the playing surface of Lambeau Field so in 2007 now bear in mind the playing surface on lambo field now is seen as you know the most cutting edge state-of-the-art playing surface ever and the system that lombardi had with the heated field was cutting edge at the time that it wouldn't freeze the pitch that he'd have you know um tubing and all that stuff going underneath the field which would thaw off any ice which is fun to say too um, and of course that famously broke down and that's how we ended up having that ice ball game now i'm not going to get into the sort of memorable games that have happened at lambo because this is already a bit of a struggle to, to get through the kind of the history of it but the playing surface in 2007 they put in just they revamped the whole thing from top to bottom so they put in this system of grass called Didi grass master so it's a natural plus synthetic um grass surface it, they have man-made fibers in it so like when we were at Lambo and did the tour and went up um, I got I got a chance to briefly chat with the guy who maintains the grass there and they're very proud of the, the sort of synthetic fibers that are stitched into the field there's 20 million individual stitches of these synthetic fibers that that make up the field so it's the type of grass and the type of surface it is, is very unique and the Packers use special studding uh, in certain you know scenarios and certain weather conditions that they're very finely in tune with, and that's because they know the surface. Another thing that you'll notice in Lambeau Field is that you'll have all the legends' names circling the stadium. So Ron Wolf, um, became the 23rd name recognised on the stadium um, in his enshrinement in 2015. And then the Packers uh, have uh, six retired jerseys up there on the north end zone, uh, the most recent one being Brett Favre's retired number four gone up there. Um, another thing that they talk about with the Packers is, is that the home field advantage that they have at Lambeau is, is crazy good. Uh, so they still call it one of the toughest places to play. So the record that they hold at Lambeau is 151 to 45 losses to one draw in the regular season. And they have a 10 to 5 mark in the playoffs. That's been even better under Mike McCarty. So just under Mike McCarthy alone, there's 58 wins and 15 losses. And of course, there's that one draw there in their past 74 regular season games. So in Lambeau Field, the Packers had the second longest home winning streak with 25 games. They're only beaten by uh, the Miami Dolphins between 1971 and 1974, where they won 27 consecutive regular season home games. So again, only two games behind the famous Dolphins. So, I mean, it's a place to visit and we're going over for week one. I tried to give a quick run through. Of course, I didn't really touch on uh, the renovations that were made from 2011, 2015. In 2013, I'll just run it through quickly. They opened the South End Zone. Uh, they have the shop called Gate there. Uh, they put in that massive 50-foot Lombardi replica trophy in the uh, Bob Harlan Plaza just beside the pro shop there. It's it's huge, it's absolutely, ridiculously big. Then they put in the Lambeau Leap stadium, uh, the Statue, and they put that in in 2014. That was opened by Leroy Butler himself. So yeah, uh, more seating. The ninth uh, seating change they did was came online then in 2013, which increased the capacity by 7,600 and bumped it up to 80,735. And then they put in standing only areas as well, so the standing only brings it up to 81,435 and i suppose other notable things that they have is that the player facilities are ridiculous and um, they have an in-house x-ray machine so i got to go behind the scenes into the locker room which is something that you don't generally get to do because the packers train in the don hudson center so they still which is just across the road so they still get changed in the locker room so it's not like united and liverpool where you can walk in and fondle the jerseys because the players actually don't go in there when they're training the players do like I walked by Mason Crosby was showing his family around uh, TJ Lang was just standing there he had his kid in a buggy with his wife uh, Mark Murphy was milling around uh, Red the kit man you know gave us an impromptu tour telling us how many uh, tails were used on the sidelines and all the rest and there's some sort of cool stuff that the players have so there's kind of um, I think it's a 35 meter or, or, sorry meter Jesus Christ on the metric system a 35 yard field inside that they have this massive big screen up and they get to run through drills um, in the gym. they've a uh, I got to see the gym in there. It's just all the training rooms and all the rest. Um, and at the, the x-ray room, Red was telling us that even the opposing team, if they get injured, they don't have to get shipped off the hospital. You know, we're not that competitive. They go in and they get their x-rays rec- all done at Lambeau. So most of the time when you hear of a Packer player getting injured and the report comes out fairly quickly of what it is, that's because they have the x-ray machine at Lambeau the locker room is class as well it's it's in the shape of a football and they have i think it's 60 odd uh you know sort of antiquey wooden looking lockers and the other lockers are kind of behind that so if you get if you graduate make it up to the full team you get to be in the locker with the big boys and you get you know the nameplate over your locker and all the rest of it so that's kind of cool now again when i was in there it was tapered off i couldn't go in and you know smell aaron Rodgers' jock strap his jock strap was off limits um as much as i wanted to uh but that was a cool experience and lambo field it's the only stadium in the nfl that still has that old style bleachers and from sitting on them it's fantastic you're close to people everybody high fives when we score a touchdown and to talk about the good record that the packers have at lambo when i went over we got slapped by the dallas cowboys which wasn't great but we're going over again for week one to seattle so if you still have some cash money in the bank and uh, you get the permission from the missus absolutely join us but look i'm gonna end it there maybe that was a bit of a slapdash podcast um i'm not entirely sure how it's gonna come out i'll find out in the editing room um hopefully this still makes it to air so if this is your first time listening hell yeah i know we got a shout out on the Wildane Touch show um so how he is it's not normally just me talking ad nauseum and you don't need to adjust your radio it is a paddy packer speaking uh, through the airwaves here and we usually have a tommy packer on with me but i'm gonna leave it there hopefully uh, we got through this together it's the history i've said a quick history of Lambeau field i didn't obviously cover everything so it's uh goodbye till monday morning